Quinn Hughes has it out high to the left. JT Miller dishes side of the net. Horvath scores. Power play goal. One minute into the game, Vancouver leads 1-0. Two on one the other way. Pedersen in. On the left, Pedersen waits, feeds right, they score! Brad Richardson, 4-2 Vancouver. Pass goes to Marcheseau, behind and for Eichel. The left sidewall, up top Petrangelo, to the right, Theodore shoots, he scores! 41 seconds to go, Theodore scores his second of the period, 4-4 tie! Here's Quinn Hughes, out at the right point. Deals left. He's got Garland, accelerates, right circle, he shoots, stick save, and the rebound is free, they score! Vancouver in overtime. Garland got to the net, Hughes whirled around on his backhand and lifted it over Leonard's pad. 5-4 Canucks, a minute into the extra period. Boom, sadness, that's the one. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. We are going back to the Golden Knights who picked up a point last night, but not two and fell another point behind the LA Kings in the race for the last Pacific playoff spots. Um, so we'll stay with the Golden Knights here. And I'm curious, Ed. Here's, here's a question that can give you some hot takes. Do you trust Robin Leonard as the Golden Knights goalie right now? I don't know if I do. I'm going to say if I have to, uh, you need an at yes or no, I'm going to say no, I don't. But, and I know we're going to talk about Logan Thompson. This sounds weird. At this point, I might trust him more than Logan Thompson, and I don't trust him. I don't think, you and I have talked about this. <laughs> you don't trust either one? Uh, I <laughs> Where's Luron Bruce Wall? Uh, I uh, I don't know. I've said this before. You said this before. I don't know if Robin Leonard can win in the playoffs. But that's something. Listen, I said that, and I think you agreed. We said that before that he even got hurt. Like, I never thought after last year that, yeah, if they get there, he can carry them to a Stanley Cup. And in the playoffs, your goalie has to help carry you to a Stanley Cup. So right now, going into Edmonton tomorrow night, after watching him last night and, and seeing what Ben said about him, I don't know if I trust him, but it really doesn't matter because I don't know if I trust him if they even make it. Vancouver's expected goals last night was 2.7. Robin Leonard gave up five. Uh, he has played four games since returning from injury. Maybe he's still injured. Uh, in, four, in two of those four games, he's given up five goals. This team's not winning games when they give up five goals. It's just it's just not happening. They have to have a goaltender that allows two goals and occasionally three. They might be able to win if they score four, right? They cannot have Robin Leonard give up five goals. And I'll, I'll say this, basically any game the rest of the year. Like this, this is not where they've got a, a long leash here and they've got some margin for error. They've got basically none. And Robin Leonard has given up five goals in two of the four games he's played since coming back from injury. I don't know if Robin Leonard is 100% healthy. That might be the bigger issue here for him and for the Golden Knights is that he is playing at 80%, whatever it is, right? Exactly, there's a, yeah. There's a potential knee and a potential shoulder injury. Which one's bothering the most? Which one's giving the most problems? I don't know, but maybe he's not even fully healthy. But here's the, here's the thing I can't get over. The overtime goal that Vancouver scored... Robin Leonard makes an initial save and then just 
falls face first into the ice. And was that the like, rebound that Hughes got? Yeah, and like there's listen, it's three on three overtime, and the Vancouver Canucks had two guys all alone in front of the net after right. the first shot. There are clearly other problems. There's a screenshot of Jack Eichel and Robin Leonard both laying on the ice as the shot is being taken that wins the game last night. So there's other people that deserve some blame here. But Robin Leonard, he just fell face first onto the ice as Vancouver scored the game-winning goal. Like like a non-competitive effort. In all seriousness, you or I could have done that. You or I could have fallen face first on the ice, could have given as much of an effort as Robin Leonard did to make a save in overtime. And I would have no problem falling face first. Right, exactly. <laughs> that's what we could do. And the problem is that, I couldn't skate out from the bench to the net to be able to fall face. <laughs> that goal, I, I, for whatever reason, I can't get over that, right? Leonard did not have a good game last night. The goal that Vancouver scored where he thought he saved it, thought it was under him, and Vancouver just sort of pushed it underneath his legs and it went in. He had no idea where. There were, there were multiple times last night where Leonard lost the puck, did not know where it was. and But that, like, whatever, it happens. Goalies get lost. It's, it's hard to do. But for whatever reason, I cannot get over the overtime winner for Vancouver. And listen, maybe Vancouver scores because they're, they got, again, they had two guys all alone in front of Leonard with no gold knight in sight. Maybe they score but at least don't face plant and make them pull off a good Leonard fell face first and it just got a just a backhand flip over his body into the I cannot get over that and I'm he is not the best he does not give them the best chance to win right now I don't know if it's health I don't know what it is he does not give so them you the don't best trust chance him. to win last night not at all okay. and and I'm guessing that injuries have a lot to do with this because Robin Leonard's been a very good goalie for a long time in the NHL, right? This is not this is not a goalie that had one hot season. This is not a goalie that just came up from the NHL. He's had a he's got a track record of being a good NHL goalie, somebody that you at least trust to be good in the regular season. He looked atrocious last night. He's had two awful games since coming back from injury, and that goal in overtime, I just I can't get over it. And I do not think he gives them the best chance to win right now. If I was Pete DeBoer, Logan Thompson would be starting against Calgary and against Edmonton oh, in these wow. next two games. That's what I would be doing because I think Logan Thompson gives them a better chance to win than Robin Leonard does. No, that's a hot take. Do you think do you think DeBoer considers that or do you think it's Robin no, Leonard until I think his it's arm Robin falls Leonard. off? I think it's Robin Leonard. Until until it's decided one yeah. way or the other. I just think it's Robin Leonard. I think he he's liked Robin Leonard from the beginning. He liked Robin Leonard more than he did Flurry. And I think he, I think he sticks with Robin Leonard. And unless, unless like you're saying, you could be, you could hit on something here. We don't know how healthy he is, so he could have come in today for treatment or whatever they do on the road and say it's just yeah. getting worse and worse. And then you have to take him out if he's just saying he can't go. But if he says he's healthy enough and can go, then I think they stick with him. But yeah, you're right in that when you watch him play, he took one off the shoulder in one of the Vancouver games and just kind of crumpled. And we know he has shoulder issues. There's no chance he's 100. percent Like no, I, no, yeah. no chance. I don't know if it's 90 or 70, but if it's 70, they should probably be playing the other guy. So what? What would be worse? What would be, I guess, considered worse? They miss the playoffs and they do it while playing an injured Robin Leonard, or they miss the playoffs while playing an AHL goalie in Logan Thompson. 
Well, I think they'd get more grief with Robin Leonard. Because I think if you say he's hurt and you have to play the other guy, then you're saying, well, he's an AHL guy. What are you going to do? They missed the playoffs, and you know he's, he just wasn't ready for that. If you stick with Leonard, and let's say you don't say how hurt he is until afterwards, then you're going to get a lot of grief. Let's say they stick with him and they don't make it. It's like, well... He was, you know, he was only 60%, 70%. Well, why didn't you play the other guy? If you play the other guy, he's young and there's an excuse there. That's going to be incredible, isn't it? They, If Leonard plays out the rest of the regular and season, then we hear he was the hurt. playoffs, and then we hear, yep, he's having surgery on his shoulder and his knee. Dr. Cervelli was right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's a good detail there. But, I mean, that... Man, that that deserves a ton of criticism, doesn't it? Like, oh, absolutely. Guy... That's more than playing an AHL guy. If you're not, right. if you're hiding an injury, and he's hurt, and you continue to stick with the guy, and he's not, he's not right, and you miss the playoffs, and then you want it, and then, well, why'd you miss the playoffs? Well, he was hurt. You're trying to come up with the excuse of why you missed. I mean, the next yeah. question is be like, well, then why the hell were you playing him? Yeah, exactly. It's it's I don't know. It's a tough situation. I wonder if. I don't know. I, how seriously do you think Pete DeBoer has that conversation? Because you think he's sticking with Leonard. But how seriously do you think they have the conversation of which goalie do we start against Calgary and Edmonton? Again, I think it just goes back to how hurt he is I, and, okay. and what he says. I, I don't know. I mean, I I think he's hurt. I, you you and I both don't think he's 100%, but I don't, I don't know what that means. I don't know if that means 95% or 80% or what he's saying. He's obviously telling them he can go. He's not saying he can't. So... I don't know if the conversation is serious. I think they, you know, let me ask you this. What percentage would he have to be at for them to say, you know what, he's better than a, a, a young guy who we're going to throw an AHL guy in there in these difficult games? No matter how well he played before, it's getting down to, you know, push or go time. I mean, now you're, you're scoreboard watching every night. You're getting close to, you know, I don't know if you're being eliminated, but it's get closer and closer to that. You know, does Logan Thompson come back after not playing for a while and be okay in those type of atmospheres? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a good question. Who you know what the other interesting part of the goaltending situation? If Robin Leonard's hurt or or if he re-aggravates his injury, whatever, Laurent Brassois got pushed placed yes. on long term IR. Yeah. They don't have another goal. No, no, like, it's they'd have Thompson. to call up um, who, what is it Isaiah Seville or something like that from Henderson. Like they they don't have a third goalie at the moment because Brassois on long term IR. So if for if for whatever reason if Leonard re-injures it or if they decide yeah this is just not going well he's he's actually hurt it's it's logan thompson, it's logan thompson. and it's it's like dylan ferguson is the backup for a team that's trying to make the playoffs here so that's part of the brossois long-term ir situation those guys are all done right because of the 10 games uh i believe so yes so they're, so um, he, you can't play him yeah so i if you're if you're the golden knights right now it's it's a tough spot because it's not a you don't you I don't think you have a goalie right now that you actually trust. Like cuz Logan Thompson as good as he was in the AHL and he's had good moments here. You're not starting Logan Thompson with a ton of confidence, right? Like if if you put Logan Thompson in against Calgary, you're not sitting there saying, "Yep, this is this is it. Logan Thompson's going to beat the Calgary Flames for us." It's a it's a tough spot. They need Robin Leonard to be healthy, and I don't think that he is and I don't think that he will be until next season starts, right. which makes this push to the playoffs feel a little futile at this point, unless he turns it around out of nowhere. Because again, if he's going to give up five goals every other game, they've they've got they'll be out of the playoffs by Monday. I mean, I'll oh, be yeah. telling you on Monday they're out of the playoffs anyways, but they'll for sure be out of it by Monday. <laughs> so it's a done deal there. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they do at goaltender. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I personally think they should go to Logan Thompson. 
but I oh, you'd go to him. You'd go to him right now. Yeah, that's what I would do. But I guess I can understand why you stick with Robin Leonard, especially if you're getting at least semi-decent medical reports and it's not a significant injury or significant pain that's holding him out. But he just he has not looked good and he has not performed very well since coming back. All right, coming up next, Sam and Ash join the show. Call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit their website, samandashlaw.com. Sam and Ash, because you deserve what's right. Do we have both Sam and Ash today? I think we do. You do. Whoa. And Rocky. Oh, and Rocky. What am I? Giving Ed an, an icy stare. Well, nothing's new. Stare. Yeah, nothing's oh. new with Rock. Oh, poor Ed. <laughs> um, okay, before Love we the get rock. into the, to the stories uh, of the day, I did want to ask, did you guys happen to see last night in the NBA game the woman run on the court and glue her hand to the floor? No, I didn't. It wasn't okay. Ash. Okay. It wasn't me. <laughs> um, she was protesting some level of animal abuse that we're not really sure on what she was protesting, but she, she ran on the floor and tried to glue her hand to the court. They, they pulled her off. I don't know how much, how far she got into gluing her hand to the court or not and took her out. Um, what's, do do you go to jail for running on the court and trying to glue yourself to the court? (laughs) I mean, yes, you will. Yeah. (laughs) That's a trespass. Does she know where glue comes from? If she's protesting animals? (laughs) cruelty? Oh, Man, we missed that part. Good for you, Ashley. We, we talked about point. it and totally missed that, that part. Point. Yeah. Gorilla glue. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that that happened. Yeah, go find. I mean, there's not really great video of it. Just a woman being surrounded by people as she's laying on the ground. But yeah, tried to glue herself. Um, now the stories I didn't want to get to. First off, uh, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, plays for Manchester United. They lost a game to Everton, one nothing over the weekend. As Ronaldo was leaving the field. A film was fan- filming him and his teammates walking off the field, and Ronaldo walked over and slapped the phone out of this kid's hand. Uh, this kid's mother talked to a newspaper in the UK, said that her son's 14, that he loves soccer, he was just filming them walking off, and they have no idea why Ronaldo walked over and slapped the phone out of his hand. Uh, they claimed that there was nothing that prompted Ronaldo to do so. Uh, realistically, what actually happens here, given that it's one of the most famous athletes in the entire world, slapping a 14-year-old's hand? Honestly, he's going to pay the family some amount of money that is about equal to what you and I spend on a square of toilet paper. <laughs> so the re- so it's so look, a money will exchange hands. It will be a to him a a negligible amount, and 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 and, and criminal charges will be averted because you'll you'll have you'll have a, a non you know compliant witness. Could could you uh, if they wanted to push it? Could you have anything criminally? I mean, the the police doesn't ne- they don't necessarily need the witness's cooperation, especially here with the f- video footage. But it definitely helps. But like Sam said, this is most likely going to be a civil matter. I think he offered the child an invitation to come to a game on his dime, and the the mom rejected it. And she's sharing photos of the kid's hand; it was bruised from the event. So, yeah, it's going to be a, a pretty penny to all of us, but nothing that Ronaldo will feel in his bank account. 
Um, obviously, Ronaldo is a professional athlete playing at a sporting event in front of fans, so it's a different situation. But just in general, for like, let's say me walking around a city, what's <laughs> what's my general expectation of privacy when it comes to being recorded by somebody on their cell phone? Well, if you're in public, you you don't, right? I mean, you're you're if you're walking on a street on, in a street and and uh, well, not hopefully not in the street, but by a street. <laughs> um, somebody starts recording you and 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 saying look there's that famous guy from the radio uh you you, you that's it i mean you, you they can they can do that now if you're in a bathroom you know if you're if you're in a private place if they're filming you through the you know a, a, a crack in your open window in your house now all of a sudden that that expectation of privacy is much higher and much more reasonable both objectively um and and subjectively so I, I mean, it just completely depends on, on location and where you're at. I don't know why I thought about this on the work today, but for whatever reason, I did. So, Dwayne Haskins, uh, the former uh, NFL quarterback, was killed when he was hit by a truck in an interstate in Florida. He was walking along the interstate at 630, tried to cross, was hit by a dump truck. Um, I don't think he, I, I mean, he's crossing the interstate, so obviously he's not, I don't think, crossing between any white lines or where, you know, it, it allows you to cross. Are rules different in across the country in terms of walking between white lines, in terms of who's the right of way, whether if they're walking against reds or whatever? I always wonder that uh, if it's different or is it like here where I think it is the, the you, reserve, you reserve responsibility as a driver to stop no matter if they're walking against red? Well, let's first off, he's walking on, an, on a freeway. So right. there, I'm not familiar with any state uh, that allows – of pedestrians to cross freeways. I, I mean, it's just not so that that's one thing. You, you're a pedestrian in the freeway. Uh, yes, you have a, a duty, obviously, to avoid um, hitting any anything, any a stopped vehicle, a, a pedestrian, a, a, anyone uh, that is that is on that is in front of you. If you can stop, so it'll come down to if the you know how how much notice did the truck have. The driver of the dump truck, because he was gonna hit by a dump truck. How much notice did he just dart out in front of him? Right. You know, did he have any time to avoid the accident? There is a duty to avoid, and most states have that too. There have not been a lot of details on what exactly Dwayne Haskins was doing, so I I asked this question not to make this assumption, but. What happens legally if somebody commits suicide by walking into traffic? Legally, I mean, the the issue would be a family will likely try to sue the, the dump truck in this instance for recovery, but the dump truck's defense attorney is going to make the arguments, like Sam said, that he had no reasonable opportunity to stop, whereas Haskins just darted out in front of him. And so those facts will come out, and also the family will potentially try to obtain the benefits of a life insurance policy that Dwayne Haskins surely had just by the nature of his his profession and the insurance policy will do what insurance policies do and they will try to deny those benefits under a suicide clause and so basically what this family of Dwayne Haskins is going to face is a lot of insurance companies trying to deny paying any claim they won't want to pay for the dump trucks any fault on the dump truck they won't want to pay on the life insurance policy because they'll say it was suicide and things like that so it's going to be a tough legal road for the family uh 
we have to get to this one only because there's such buffoonery in the bottom of it. Um, this happened a while ago with Damon Arnett, the former Raider, when he was driving and crashing another car. We believe it was one of the four rental cars he crashed, so I'm a better driver than Damon Arnett. But <laughs> he switched seats with someone. He was late for a team meeting. Someone else came and picked him up and took him to the meeting. All of a sudden, and we know Henry Ruggs, his younger brother told police, he showed up to the scene, and his younger brother told police Arnett wasn't driving. This is the part that I'm... Uh, over the moon about i want to ask you about he offered the cop a jersey with the promise that i'll get you a jersey today telling the officer not as in you know i'm saying like a bribe here or anything or like or nothing like that just a chance to give back (laughs) um please take us through bribing police officers (laughs) and what it might mean for henry reg's brother if the police i don't think the police officer took the jersey nor arrested him for anything, but what could have happened if the police officer interpreted it as a bribe? Yeah, Ash, we want to know from your your experience. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Come on now. No, I would never bribe a police officer. Rocky, on the other hand. (laughs) No, yeah. no, this look, this stuff, police officers, the bigger issue would be if the police officer had accepted the bribe. That's okay. what would come out as a being a giant problem here. Uh, the officers are trained not to accept it. It wouldn't be the first or last. I think people often try to bribe their way out of these types of tickets, regardless of how large or small they are. So it's silly. Um, but realistically, the bigger issue here is them lying to the officers and providing false information about whether Arnett was, in fact, the driver of the vehicle at the time of the crash. So what is, I guess, what is the ultimate punishment or what could be the punishment, not for maybe Damon Arnett, who was driving, trying to say hey, it was me, but for other people? Because according to the story in the RJ, multiple people told the police that, yeah, Damon Arnett wasn't driving when, in fact, he was what is it for other people that weren't actually involved in the crash saying that Damon Arnett wasn't driving? Yeah, that's a misdemeanor. Providing false information to a police officer is a misdemeanor. So it'll probably be, I think, a thousand dollar fine or up to six months in jail. Um, credit to Ed, though. He never claims other people are driving. He always no, goes up to no. when it's his fault. I do not switch seats, and I don't have any jerseys, so it's just not, not going to be possible. I, mean, I could give a laptop and just ask him to write a column for me, but I, I, just, I, I, don't, have, I don't have jerseys. No, I do not. Don't write me a ticket. Just write my next exactly. article. Exactly. Can you write my next column? It's 800 words and has to be in within an hour and a half. Uh, All Ed, caps. All yes. caps. Ed, you also can't switch seats because nobody ever rides with you. That's so true. So it would just be you That's in true. the passenger right. seat by yourself. I was going to go to Einstein's with the son the other day. He goes, well, I'll take Bridget's car. I'll meet you there. So, <laughs> oh, <nah>. my gosh. <laughs> well, it's com 702-820-1234. Sam, Ash, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, you guys. That was fun. <laughs> Love it, guys. Great take to be care. with you. See you. So there is Sam and Ash. Again, 702-820-1234 is the phone number. Sam and Ash Law. Coming up next, it's Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs. I'm afraid we need to use math. Bischoff's Briefs. I knew I should have checked your showboating globetrotter algebra. Bischoff's Briefs. Man, I thought you knew that algebra was all razzmatazz. Bischoff's Briefs. Yes, I see. Something involving that many big words could easily destabilize time itself. Coming up in a few minutes, 
We got Jimmy Buffett tickets to give away. So if you want to go see Jimmy Buffett, make sure you stay tuned through Bischoff's Briefs. Bischoff's Briefs today is looking at quarterbacks in the NFL draft. There was an interesting tweet from Ben Baldwin about second-round quarterbacks. And he, he said, if you have a second-round grade on a quarterback, you're saying there's almost no chance of him amounting to anything in the NFL. And that was accompanied with a graphic of all of the quarterbacks drafted in the second round over the last 20 NFL drafts. There have been 20 quarterbacks taken in the second round over the last 20 years. Uh, I'm just going to read you the names of those second round quarterbacks. Kyle Trask, Jalen Hurts, Drew Locke, Deshaun Kaiser, Christian Hackenberg, Derek Carr, no. Jimmy Garoppolo, no. Geno Smith, yeah. Brock Osweiler, Andy Dalton, Colin Kaepernick, Jimmy Clausen, Pat White, Brian Baum, Chad Henney, Kevin Cobb, John Beck, Drew Stanton, Kellen Clemens, and Tavares Jackson. So of those so 20... some on there. These are the ones that are probably above average NFL quarterbacks. Colin Kaepernick, Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, and maybe Jalen Hurts. We'll mm-hmm. see how Jalen we'll Hurts. We'll see how that works out. We'll see. But I think there, there's a good chance we can call him an above-average quarterback over the next few years. So throw in Jalen Hurts. Over the last 20 years, five quarterbacks taken in the second round have turned out to be above average. So if you draft a quarterback in the second round, basically there's about a 25% chance that the QB is above average. We're down 25%, and we're not even talking good. We're just talking above average. We're just talking, hey, this guy's competent at the position. He's not a disaster Mm -hmm. at the position. And based on that list, Derek Carr the best? Yeah, I think he is. I mean, I think he is the best. Kaepernick got to a Super Bowl, but a very. That's the first name I thought of other than him. Yeah. But Um, I think he's the best. Andy Dalton had a similar career to Derek Carr, but I, I think Carr is better than what Andy Dalton was. Garoppolo's had more postseason success, but that's been the team, not Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Jalen Hurts has been in the league for a couple of years, so we'll see what happens with Jalen Hurts there. But if you draft a quarterback in the second round, the ceiling is Derek Carr, and there's only a 25% chance that that guy is above average. That's awful. Like, that's not good at all for taking a quarterback. Now, if you try to sort of reason out why second-round quarterbacks would suck so much, I think one of the big things is for a quarterback to fall to round two, there have to be problems with that quarterback, and there have to be significant problems because it's it's the one position that everybody in the sport agrees on as to how important it is, right? Whether it's people who like analytics, people who like to watch film, people who just want to yell about the eye test, old people, young people in the sport, everyone agrees quarterback's important. It's like the one thing that we actually, everyone can agree on in the NFL. So if you're drafting and you have any hope for a quarterback to be a star, to be great, you're drafting him in the first round. Right, that's happening. If you're if this year, if you're looking at these quarterbacks, and if you think, oh man, Malik Willis is gonna be a star, you're drafting that guy in the yeah. first round. You're not you're not letting him fall. You're either taking him with your pick. Hell, you're trading up to go get him. 
because it's the most important position and having a good player at that position is the most important thing you can find. So if a quarterback falls to round two, generally it means every team in the league, at least 20 teams in the league, said, we are not sure that guy can be good. We are don't think he can be a star. And if everybody in the league tends to agree on it, more often than not, they're going to be right. And so I think that's a big reason why quarterbacks in round two are not going to be very good because that means the league has sort of decided, eh, that guy's not got it. There's something wrong with him that's going to prevent him from doing it. Obviously, there's some exceptions, right? Named off four or five decent quarterbacks. So obviously a Derek Carr can exist. You could, you know, whatever that Derek Carr could end up. There could be a Derek Carr in this year's draft class that you take in the second round and ends up being a solid quarterback for quite a while. Now, what do you actually do with this info? It just as a fan, as we lead up here to the NFL draft, if someone says they like a quarterback as a second round pick, if someone says, oh, he'd be a great pick in round two, uh, they're kind of saying that quarterback sucks, right? They're, they're kind of saying that guy's not actually going to be any good. And this quarterback class, I think we're going to have a lot of, oh, that's a good second round pick. That's a second round quarterback. When in reality, you're just saying, yeah, that quarterback's not very good, right? It's just That's just not a good quarterback. So that's one fascinating thing. So I am curious to see how often we hear that throughout the NFL, uh, especially with this draft and how often a... Uh, Matt Corral or a Desmond Ritter is talked up as like, oh, that's a good pick in the second round. When in reality, if you think that guy's going to be any good, you're taking him in the first round, not the second round. I was going to say, with all this proof and all these this evidence, why would you ever take one in the second round? I yeah, mean, Because I mean, you, you think you have the next Derek Carr and you kind of think you know more than other people? And But even if you think you have the next Derek Carr... Do you want the next Derek Carr? Like normally, if you're drafting a quarterback, you're hoping for better than Derek Carr. Long term, yes, yes, yeah. So, like, yeah. Listen, if you if we'll use Matt Corral, if he gets taken in the second round and he has Derek Carr's career for the first ten years or whatever, you'll probably you'll look back and say, hey, that was a good second round pick, no doubt about it. But the team that drafts Matt Corral, if they get Derek Carr for ten years, eh. That's fine, but you're really hoping for more when you draft a quarterback. Right. Like you're you're hoping for something better. The other interesting part of this is if you look at some of the more recent second round picks that were not drafted to be a starter, the most recent one, Kyle Trask in Tampa Bay, right? They had Tom Brady. Kyle Trask is the backup and maybe the succession plan there. But also throw in like Jimmy Garoppolo by the Patriots when they had Tom Brady there. It also appears to be very stupid to take a second-round quarterback with the plan to, hey, let's develop this guy for a couple of years, and then he'll take over for Tom Brady or whoever your quarterback is, right? I That appears to not be a very good plan or a very good path to go about because, A, Tom Brady makes things difficult because he doesn't retire. <laughs> he keeps playing and keeps playing I was well. going to say, it, does, it appears everyone drafts in the second round just to back up Tom Brady. Right. But also, you're you're ultimately wasting a second round pick, which you can you can get a starter. I mean, hell, the Raiders got Trayvon Merrigan in the second round last year. They got a starting level safety in the second round. You can get a starter at another position. So if you're drafting a quarterback in round two, and that's your succession plan, right? That's a hey, in two years you'll take the job. That also appears to be a very bad strategy mm-hmm. to take because a. You're getting a bad quarterback, right? You're getting a quarterback that other teams have decided is not worthy of a first-round pick. 
and you're planning on him sitting for a couple of years, which means you're throwing away a couple of years of his rookie contract where he can provide some value even if he's not great. That just seems like if you have an established quarterback, taking one in the second round appears to be extremely dumb. You should just wait until your quarterback's actually gone and draft one in the first round because A, you've got a much better chance of that guy being good, and B, you're actually taking advantage of a quarterback on a rookie contract and not having him sit on the bench for a couple of seasons instead. So don't draft a quarterback in the second round, even though we're going to up And don't draft like, a running back in the first? Well, yeah, definitely don't do that. That's one of the <laughs> dumbest things you can ever do. That's a, that's worse than a quarterback. <laughs> that's what I was going to ask you, which is worse. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. That is 100% worse because at least there's some success stories here. Like what's what's the most successful like first-round running back in recent years? Like. <laughs> Saquon Barkley went super high. Like I don't think he won the first. I was going to say Travis at the end. <laughs> Not, he did. He did. Okay. He did well, play. then, that was well then him because he never played and he, yeah. and he and he made the remark about I'm glad he I didn't play. Urban so that Meyer. guy's the best. What about like, Zeke like, But huh? that's it's been terrible for the Cowboys. Zeke they had to trade. They had to trade Amari Elliott. Cooper because of Ezekiel Elliott's contract. Right. If they had not paid him that second contract, Amari Cooper's still on that team. But because Amari Cooper or because Ezekiel Elliott got paid. They screwed themselves, and they had to get rid of Amari Cooper. So that I don't even think that worked out for him. So it's it, that's about as good as you can ask for, too, is that. like Even if you throw Christian McCaffrey in there, he's had some good seasons. A, it hasn't helped the Panthers actually win anything. And B, now he's been hurt so much that you're looking around saying, well, it wasn't that great. So, yeah, definitely well, don't, do the, don't do the running backs. There's not going to be any second-rounders next year because, all like you said, Dr. Jason, all we heard is there's going to be 13 first-round quarterbacks <laughs> next year. Never heard about so many great quarterbacks coming out. <laughs> Jeez, I can't wait for the year where the first 32 picks in the drafts are all quarterbacks. Are all quarterbacks. <laughs> UNLV might have one drafted at that point, uh, right? He right? the transfer. He appears to be the guy. That could happen. Um, here's a less important question. Derek Carr gets his extension for the Raiders. Who are, are they gonna? Are they gonna have a good backup at any point in the next three or four years? Or are we talking about like Garrett Gilbert for three years? Who's the uh, who's the guy this year? God, I already forgot. They Hold did on. not get Trevor Simeon. No, they didn't he, get him. I got he it. He visited Vegas and then left. Derek Carr is backed up by Nick Mullins. Ah, Nick Mullins. I don't know why I cannot remember Nick Mullins. And Nick Mullins had like row. a good game against them or something. Yeah, he like did. That. He so threw they, like four touchdowns, yeah. so and then they, he sucked last year against them. So yeah, he helped um, the Raiders get in the playoffs. Maybe that's why they signed. Garrett him. Gilbert is your third string quarterback. Yeah, like they like. I hope they bring in a Mariota just did, for fun. Did you see the tweet yesterday? Um, and I forget who it was from that the odds that they're not picking up Farrell, Abrams, or Jacobs. Now, I don't think either of us are surprised about Farrell and Abram, but we, we were kind of on the couch there with if they pick up Jacobs or not. I think you said don't do it, but you kind of also said that you wouldn't be surprised if they did. I would not do it, but yeah, I think that there's a possibility they do. Um, what were, were the odds? Uh, I'm guessing no for all three were the favorites. Yeah, the, yeah, they, yeah. The the tweet was uh, the, a source tweet that they were not going to pick up any of their options. I know the Seahawks picked up Noah Fant's fifth year option yesterday. There's still some time to do it, so they don't have to make a decision now. But I'm, I mean, the longer this goes, the the less likely they get their options picked up, right? Which like, means I mean, what they play out the year, right? Yeah, the, the Raiders still have all three of them for this season, no matter what. It would just make them, if they don't pick it up, all three become free agents after this year. Or you if, could, they do, if they do pick it up, they all three have a fifth year okay. attacked on. So it'd be two more years okay. of Jacobs or Abram or Furl or, or all of the above or none of the above. I would, 
I don't know. I would guess based on the way the Patriots handled running backs, I would guess they don't pick up the fifth year option on right. Jacobs. And they yeah, just, they were just a committee. They just find another guy to hand the ball to between the tackles right. and not because if you pick up the fifth year option, granted running backs, not an expensive position, but the fifth year option is generally a, uh, quite a bit more expensive than the first four years of a rookie contract. So you'd be paying Jacobs some money next season. It wouldn't be completely cheap. Like he's going to be this year. And like he has been the last three. All right. Now, Jimmy Buffett tickets. Jimmy Buffett is coming to Las Vegas. They had to have open up a second show because the first one sold out on October 8th. So these tickets are for October 15th at MGM Grand Garden Arena for Jimmy Buffett and the Coral Reefer Band. These don't go on sale until Friday, but we've got a pair of tickets for you right now. 702-364-1100 is the phone number. That's 702 702- Three six four eleven hundred. If you want to go see Jimmy Buffett at MGM Grand Garden Arena on October fifteenth, seven zero two three six four eleven hundred. We will take caller number eleven. We're back to the press box morning show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Wrapping up the show here uh, because Derek Carr got his extension. We had to skip through some of the stuff we want to talk about, like. UNLV quarterback Doug Brumfield has entered the transfer portal. Uh, he was a quarterback that was in Marcus Aurelio's first recruiting class. He played only five games in his career, had a lot of injuries uh, both seasons, threw for 471 yards, 146 rushing yards. Um, we'll take this transfer and talk about Harrison Bailey, the Tennessee transfer coming into UNLV. Do you assume this to be good news about Harrison Bailey? Well, I assume Harrison Bailey's won the job. Um, and like I think most people thought he was going to be when he transferred in, and you know, wish Brumfield uh, luck wherever he goes. But this had to be what it was about. I mean, you can see now. What is it? What are they? A week to ten days into spring, something like that. Yeah, I think you know. I mean, even even a week and ten days into spring, you might be able to see something, know something, see in meetings. I mean, um, I just think he, I just think he thought the writing was on the wall, and he wanted to go somewhere and, and try to play. I mean, I know. He has said that's not the reason, but then what would be the reason? Uh, do you believe Cam Friel will transfer? So UNLV basically had three quarterbacks yeah. coming into spring ball. Harrison Bailey, the transfer from Tennessee. Cam Friel, the freshman of the year in the Mountain West. And Doug Brumfield, who played a little bit last year but was hurt. Do you think this means Cam Friel transfers as well because... He might mm-hmm. want to play, and Harrison Bailey might win the job. I don't know if he does right away because two is a much better number than three in his mind, I'm sure. And maybe he thinks he can beat the kid out. And when there's three people getting reps, that's a lot of people getting reps at quarterback. Now, if Harrison Bailey wins a job and he's the guy the whole year, Cam Friel's going to be young enough, especially with the COVID year, to where he could transfer out and still have, what, he'd still have three or four years left with yeah. his COVID year. So I think he stays for now and sees how it sh- see how it shakes out. But I'm not surprised one of them decided to go, and I'm not surprised it was Brumfield. I mean, like I said, you just said he's only played five games. He's been hurt. Friel was the freshman of the year, so he probably thought he was behind him. And then a kid comes in from Tennessee, he probably thought he was behind him. Uh, so he wants to go somewhere and probably play. Maybe he has to go down a level. Um, yeah. yeah. Maybe he has to go to, you know, um, the North Dakota State, the FCS level to play. I- I'm always curious when players transfer from UNLV because UNLV is kind of at the bottom of Division One. Like, where do you go? Brumfield showed enough promise that he might be able to catch on somewhere else. But if his goal is playing time, I don't know that he's catching on somewhere else and immediately 
getting that right, playing right. time. So you're right. If you if if the goal is simply playing time, he might need to go down a level to get that immediate playing time, or go somewhere else and and fight for a job. The part that I find humorous about all of this is that Marcus Arroyo has refused to name a quarter a starting quarterback <laughs> and refused to even name a leader. Right? He doesn't. He doesn't want to do that. I know Mike Gramala tweeted yesterday. That uh, when asked about it, Arroyo said that Gramala was the leader for the starting quarterback position. Well, he'll be uh, he the healthiest. Yeah, he he doesn't want to answer that question. Now, there can be some benefit to it, right? There can be some benefit to not naming the quarterback well, because sure. them competing. Right, you yeah. want a competition, and yeah. B probably more importantly, given how many injuries we've seen to UNLV quarterbacks over the years. You want to have as many options at that position as possible. You want to go into that with depth at quarterback. So even if Harrison Bailey wins the job, you want to have a decent number two so that if Harrison Bailey gets hurt, you got somebody competent to go to. That could be Cam Friel this year. That could have been, in a perfect world for UNLV, Harrison Bailey, Doug Brumfield, and Cam Friel. They could have had three, but one's transferring. And so what I find humorous about it is that I think part of Arroyo's desire to not say so-and-so is the starting quarterback was to try to keep as many good quarterbacks as possible. And it took all of 10 days in the spring ball for one of them to realize, oh, he might not say it out loud, but that guy's definitely yeah. the starting quarterback. I better leave somewhere. So Arroyo's, the plan is already not worked out in terms of keeping around as many quarterbacks as possible. Mm. I just think these two battle it out, and I, I think the kid from Tennessee is the quarterback, at least to start the season. I'd be shocked if he wasn't. I don't I don't think he comes in from Tennessee. Maybe he wasn't guaranteed the spot, but it was inferred, given what happened the last few years with this team and how few games they've won, that, hey, the spot's right there. I think, okay, the Doug Brumfield transfer, it's not good in terms of losing quarterback depth, but I do think it is good news for UNLV football because their best shot at being a, a bowl team this next season is Harrison Bailey being really good. Mm -hmm. That's their yep. best shot. Yep. If Harris, listen, if Harrison Bailey is not significantly better than Cameron Friel, UNLV is not going to be very good right. next year. Cameron Friel had a fine rookie season, right? He was like a slightly below average Mountain West quarterback, maybe, maybe average or slightly above average, but he wasn't by any means a good quarterback in the Mountain West. UNLV needs a good quarterback in the Mountain West. So if Harrison Bailey, Arroyo's, whatever he wants to say to the media, he wants to say, but if he in all seriousness doesn't actually win the job going away, UNLV is going to have some, yeah, they're going to have some serious problems. Now, so if I, he's really, really good, that's another story. Right. And and I think that's what you got to be hoping for. And Brumfield transferring away is a little bit of a sign that, hey, this Harrison Bailey kid might be really yeah. good. Enough to scare off Doug Brumfield in a sense. So that's your hope. Harrison Bailey being really good, Brumfield transferring, probably a good sign. Not too much expectations for you, Harrison.